Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. All right, here we go. What you think about. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I hope you had a wonderful Labor Day weekend. We're going to have a really fascinating conversation. I've always, I've already had so many comments about this show and what a need it is. You know, how do you protect your money and how do you do it in a dignified fashion, especially if you're trying to help monitor and assist a, a loved one or a friend, or maybe you're a professional, a conservative, or or guardian, um, or another professional that just sees a need. And we are going to talk about all of that in just a bit. But first, I want to welcome people to the show. Um, a lot of times we get new listeners. And uh, for those of you that are new, I'm Lori LeBay. My mom lived with dementia for 30 years, and I just thought it was critical that we raised everyone's voice and connect people to services, products, and tools. So maybe, just maybe, you can be our next guest. We would love to have you join us. And if you liked our opening song, it's called uh, The Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band, and you can download that on any of your favorite music platforms. Now, we did just update our main site, alzheimerspeaks.com. Please go visit that. Um, We've put things together so all our free resources are on one single page, and you can click through to get more details on all of those. Uh, plus, if you're looking for an event, uh, you know, a speaker, um, trainer, all of those types of things, you can go to our programs and services. Maybe it's a support group. And then, of course, we have our branding um, and marketing if you're interested in hitting that niche market. And then last, a lot of times people ask about, you know, who's the mother, <clears throat> who's the mother behind this movement? So you can go to our About page for more on that. I do want to note that I do a couple of support groups. One is Arthur's Memory Cafe, which is held the second and fourth Wednesday of the month. Uh, We are on Zoom, and we're going to continue that way. We start at 1 o'clock Central. Anyone is welcome. And then if you're in Minnesota, our Caregiver Connect program, which is sponsored by uh, Brookdale North Oaks and the Shoreview Community Center, meets the last Wednesday of the month at 10 a.m., And again, you can just reach out to me for more information on that. Also coming up, I'll be doing a virtual um, webinar called The Realities of Dementia, uh, uh, Family-Friendly Tips and Tools, and that is sponsored by Artists Senior Living. That'll be Tuesday, September 20th, and that'll start at 6.30 Eastern Time. And you can um, register for that by going to the artistway.com forward slash webinar and then on October 31st I'll be in Minnetonka Minnesota working with their dementia friendly group and we're going to be doing a screening of the timeless love which is a fabulous 
story, um, which is a, a Hollywood film, and uh, it's just incredible. And then we'll do a talk back because people see so much of their own family and situation uh, in this uh, in this um, this movie. And if you aren't familiar with Saltbox TV, please check that out. Same with Dementia Map. That's our res- our global resource directory. We have over 150 different categories that you can search. There's a glossary of terms. There's an events calendar, a blog, and so much more. Just go to DementiaMap.com. We are going to hear from the Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner, and we'll be right back with our guests. I love the Footbar Walker, and let me tell you why. It is the option for my toolbox that I've been waiting for. Let's be honest. There are some clients who, despite our best rehab efforts, just aren't able to return to performing a sit-to-stand transfer on their own. Now I can offer my caregivers an easier, safer option that doesn't involve hoisting their loved one up from a sitting position. I don't recommend this walker for all of my clients, but I do recommend this walker for those caregivers looking for an easier, safer option with transfers. I would also encourage other therapists to add this walker to their toolbox. It's kind of like having my own mobile parallel bars for the client to pull up on. Whether it's a family caregiver at home helping a loved one with Parkinson's or dementia, CNAs in a long-term care facility assisting their patients, or therapists adapting to client and caregiver-specific needs, we now have a very safe and effective option to offer in the Footbar Walker. Check this product out at thefootbarwalker.com. That's it for today from Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner. Have a great day, and don't forget, if you can't do it, adapt it. Well, we are back, and we're going to have a really interesting conversation. We're going to talk about two programs that are changing how you can protect your money. And this is such a critical area in the day of scams. And so I'm thrilled that we have um, our financial expert, Cameron Halston, back, who is uh, working with Careful, and she is really their family financial expert there. She's also the author of a wonderful book called Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk, How to Have an Essential Conversation with Your Parents About Their Finances. And, boy, we know that that's a tricky subject. I don't care who you're talking to about that. Also joining us today is Pam Kruger, and she is the founder of Wealth Ramp. And WealthRamp was founded to ensure that every investor finds an advisor with integrity, transparency, and focuses on their client's best interests, not their own. And I know we all assume that that happens, uh, but that's a big mistake. And so I'm thrilled to have you both with us, ladies. Um, thanks so much for taking time to be with us. Thanks so much Thank for having you, me. Well, great. Before we get into our line of questioning, I'm, I'm going to throw out one question I always ask everybody. And um, Cameron, if you don't mind answering this first, and that is, have you been personally touched by dementia in your own family or circle of friends? I have. My mother was diagnosed at the age of 65 with Alzheimer's disease, and I was her caregiver for nearly 13 years. So I was touched very closely by dementia, by Alzheimer's disease. Okay. Well, thanks for for sharing that. My mom, as I think I mentioned in the intro, lived with it for 30 years. And, you know, we just never know how long 
this disease is going to last or, or even, you know, what stage people are diagnosed at, too, makes such a big difference. So um, thank you for giving us that background. Uh, Pam, how about you? Have you been personally touched by dementia in your family or circle of friends? Not in my immediate family, um, only indirectly, but over and over and over again, because I saw friends of mine that I grew up with and knew since kindergarten and watched my friends helping their parents through um, that stage and, and having to, you know, provide the care and find the right resources. And then at the same time, I produced a series on public television, on PBS stations called Money Track. And on my track, we um, had a scam alert at the end of every half-hour episode. And I would say eight out of ten involved exploitation of older uh, people who were cognitively impaired. So interviewing these people over and over in their families and learning that way. Wow. And that, like I said, that happens so often, and yet it's, not talked about because there's such shame when you get scammed. I mean, people feel embarrassed about it, and they really don't want anyone else to know that they were vulnerable because what might happen. But the stories are, are vast and deep and just so cynical on so many levels. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad that you cover that. That's, that is uh, absolutely huge. So thanks for sharing that with us. Um, Cameron, one of the things that I wanted to ask you is that a lot of people might not realize that with all of us, we experience, you know, changes to our brain as we age. I know I'm 63, and I, I, I can tell the difference. I'm not as quick as I used to be. But with that can come, you know, a greater risk of, of financial exploitation. And the risk is even greater for somebody living with, you know, Alzheimer's disease or some other related dementia. So can you... Um, can you take a second and just talk to us a little bit about how important it is to have a second set of eyes on somebody's uh, finances and how that can help protect them? Certainly. And I'll, I'll share this from two points of view, one as a journalist and one is, you know, someone who had to care for someone with dementia. Um, you know, as a journalist, I, I get to interview a lot of, incredibly smart people and I've talked to a lot of neuroscientists who've studied financial exploitation of the elderly and you know what they what they've told me in these conversations you know what I've seen firsthand is that as we age we all do experience cognitive decline not the type of cognitive decline that you would experience if you had dementia or Alzheimer's but our ability to manage our finances and to make financial decisions becomes compromised as part of this cognitive decline. And so, and this, you know, this is going to happen typically when you are a lot older. You know, we're talking, you know, as you get into your, you know, late 70s, your 80s, you know, but it could start sooner for some people. But the thing is, as it becomes more difficult for us to stay on top of our finances, we're more likely to make mistakes. Things start to slip through the cracks. We might forget to make a bill payment here and there, or we might forget to make several bill payments, and then we're in trouble. You know, we, have, we haven't paid for the electricity 
for several months and now it's turned off or we haven't paid the rent or we haven't paid the mortgage and now we're you know we're at risk of losing our home and so and then there's the issue of bad financial decision making we're getting calls from scammers who have convinced us that we've won the lottery or we've won some sort of sweepstakes and we have to pay a fee to collect our winnings and you know normally when we are you know functioning functioning perfectly cognitively we're going to be like wait a second i didn't enter a sweepstakes i don't need to pay a fee to collect winnings for a sweepstakes i didn't even enter but if we're experiencing that sort of cognitive decline that affects our financial decision making we're going to think oh my gosh i've got to get money to this person so i can you know get a thousand dollars in winnings and you know i'm going to be set for the next month i'm going to have money to cover all my expenses you know we don't realize that this is a scam because those red flags that go up in our head aren't going up as well. And so we make these mistakes. We become more prone to exploitation. And if there's not someone there, if we don't have a social safety net looking out for us as we age and looking out for our money and for our financial being, then those mistakes can happen unnoticed that those you know like um pam was talking about you know people getting exploited you know they're too embarrassed to tell anyone and so it's really important to have someone there who is keeping an eye on your finances you know and maybe if you're married that's your partner who who is involved with the finances if it's maybe it's your adult children maybe it's someone you work with professionally some sort of financial advisor accountant Someone who is there who can keep an eye on your finances. And I know for a lot of people that feels like giving up your independence. But I would tell people not to think of it as giving up your independence, but as protecting your financial independence, protecting your financial well-being, because you don't want to have small financial mistakes become really big ones because you don't have those second set of eyes looking out for you and of course this is even more important if you or you have a loved one who's experiencing any sort of dementia there has to be a second set of eyes on someone's finances if they have dementia yeah i agree and one of the things i think that families don't always understand is that sometimes people get assigned that that role of covering the finances and they're really not comfortable with it that's not their sweet spot and that can cause a lot of problems if something does happen. Well, why didn't you catch that? And uh, and sometimes just within a family, it, it can cause a problem when something happens and, and fingers are pointed. Um, and then other times, you know, someone might be really capable of doing that, but they're overwhelmed with everything else. So, you know, having this, you know, this third party, like careful, looking out for for a family and an individual makes a huge difference on, on multiple levels. So let's talk a little bit about your team at Careful because, you know, you your service covers a lot of different things in terms of protecting an adult's finances. And I know that um, you, you've done some expansion as well um, since you've been on the show last. But let's let's start with, how do they look at somebody's daily finances and, and protect them? Sure. So Careful is a digital platform. You can go to Get Careful, 
careful.com, and careful has two L's. And if you are an older adult, you can sign up for the service yourself. It's really easy. It's really fast. Log on, enter a bit of information, and then you link your financial accounts. You can link your bank account, savings account, credit cards, investment accounts, and those accounts will be monitored 24-7 by Careful. It's artificial intelligence. It's not you know, a group of people sitting around and monitoring all your transactions. <laughs> we have, we have a, a team of really smart uh, engineers who have you know, created the systems to do the monitoring automatically, and it's going to look for money mistakes that are common to older adults, duplicate payments, late and missed payments, changes in spending, a change in pharmacy spending, for example. You know, that could be a sign that, you know, you're not, you know, getting those prescriptions refilled like you should be because you're forgetting to do that. It also looks for things like gift card purchases, you know, and it's like, hey, was this a gift card that you bought as a gift for someone or perhaps someone talked you into making this purchase? It could be a scam. You get notifications if there are unusual transactions possible fraudulent transactions. And so it covers a whole variety of money mistakes and unusual transactions, and you'll get alerts when Careful spots them. Um, it also includes credit monitoring, identity monitoring. You'll get alerts if there are changes to your credit report, which could be a sign that you're a victim of identity theft and someone has opened up an account in your name. You'll get uh, alerts if your identity is being misused and sold on the dark web, and there's also up to a million dollars in identity theft insurance. And what you can do is, if you want, you can add trusted contacts, family members, friends you trust who can get view-only access to your accounts, or you can just give them access to alerts so that they're going to know if something is going wrong with your accounts. If you are a financial caregiver, then you can sign up for the service for your loved one and link your loved one's accounts to make it easier for you to stay on top of your loved one's finances. And then you'll get notifications if careful spots any unusual activity. And then you can quickly respond and try to limit the damage. And so, like I said, it's for either the older adults or the financial caregiver. Well, and I can see where this would be wonderful on a lot of levels from even, you know, kids starting out with their their financing and parents wanting to help them, you know, establish good credit and, and good policies and stuff in terms of spending um, as a teaching tool that they could sit down and really look at. And it's not mom or dad kind of slapping their hands, you know, saying, hey, you shouldn't be spending there. But to really be able to point things out to them um, and how it, how it has this ripple effect in terms of their their life. You know, I mean, credit reports uh, affect, you know, job applications and stuff these days. And none of us are safe from identity theft as far as I'm concerned you know, it can happen to it can happen to anybody. Sometimes we don't have to do anything wrong; it just happens. But you need to catch it, you know, quickly. Um, and you know, for for what all you guys offer, I, I think it just gives such a great peace of mind. And I think it's uh, something that even I know, like for example, when when we were dealing with my folks, 
Um, they didn't have anything happen. And my, my folks kind of he just handed everything over to me and said, you know, your power of attorney, you can, you know, you just handle it and stuff. But it would have been nice to kind of have a backup. Um, just I think it would have eased my, my brother's um, minds in terms of what was going on without me having to, you know, reassure them and, and pull stuff together, you know, whatever it might be, um, you know, with, with all of that. Um, now, you guys also, on top of the, the financial monitoring of itself, you guys have rolled out a vault as well. So can you talk about that? Because I think this is really a, an exciting piece that can, that can help individuals and families alike. Yes, so we do have another feature that we recently added to the careful service. So in addition to the account monitoring and the credit and identity monitoring, we offer a digital vault. You know, think of it as almost like an online safe deposit box where you can store digital copies of all your important financial documents, your estate planning documents. You can even include lists of your doctors, your financial professionals you work with. It can be a list of family and friends to contact in case something happens to you. All this important information you can store there. There is also a password manager service so that you can ensure that you have not only strong passwords, but that they are stored securely and so that you don't have to Keep them scribbled on sticky notes that are attached to your computer. Not the best <laughs> way to keep track of your passwords. And so it will generate right. a different password for each account, which you need to have. You can't use the same password for every account, especially for every financial account, because the hacker gets one password and it can access all your accounts, and then you're really wiped out. And so it will generate strong passwords for you, store them securely, and then if you want – if you are the person who signed up for the service, then you can grant access to your vault to your trusted contacts if you want. So if you want your children who have been named power of attorney and who have been named your health care surrogate and who have been named executors of your estate to have access to these documents and to know where they are, then you can give them access to it. If you don't want to, you don't have to give them access. But it is a really good idea to share this information with the people who are going to be involved with your finances so they're not scrambling to get access to these documents, to get access to passwords when they need them in case something happens to you, you're in the hospital, they got to make sure the bills get paid, and so they've got to log on to the bank account if they are power of attorney and have that right to get in the bank account and make transactions for you. It just makes it so much easier for everyone when this information is at your fingertips, especially when those emergencies happen. Because so many times families, they don't have a plan for emergencies. And the kids are suddenly thrown into a situation where they've got to help mom and dad and they have no idea where the estate planning documents are. They have no idea what sort of accounts they have. and they have to scramble and they have to play a detective, which is what I had to do with my mom. And so mm -hmm. we want to we want to eliminate that scrambling for people. We want to eliminate the additional stress that you face as a caregiver when you don't have the information you need to care for your aging parents. And we want to eliminate that stress for older adults so that their 
children, their friends, their caregivers can focus on caring for them as opposed to playing detective to get the information that they need. Great. Question on the vault. Can those, um, can those documents be shared outside of the vault or printed off? So you can, you know, I mean, I mean certainly you can print them. It's, it's important, though, to be careful about who you're sharing information with. We allow yep. you to share information with your trusted contacts, people you know you can trust with that information. And so you can't share it with anyone and everyone that you want. It's got to be a person who has been named a trusted contact in your, mm-hmm. in your circle and careful. Okay. I didn't know if, let's say, let's say my mom had put me on the account, would I be able to email it to myself and print it out so I had a hard copy that I could keep close, you know, in the house in case we needed it? You, I mean, you could certainly, you know, download a copy of it and print it out. I would caution people, though, that if you are, for example, a power of attorney for your parent, you're going to need that original document um, if you're going to go to a financial institution and say, hey, I'm mom's power of attorney. They want to see an original or mm-hmm. they want to see a notarized copy of that original. Um, and so just kind of handing them a, a photocopy of a document that you've downloaded and, and printed on your home computer might not work. You do need the originals um, in that situation. You know, but if you wanted to you know, print off a list of accounts or something like that. You could do that. Okay. I was just thinking even like, you know, um, for for passwords and stuff, if if this thing is taking care of all your, your passwords now, um, I, I'm, I'm wondering when, let's say when somebody passes and what happens to the account? Like whose, whose name is, is it in the individual whose assets it is or can a child set this up for a parent, you know, what happens at that? And then do you need to have the personal representative papers? Because there's a lot that needs to be done immediately. And, you know, does access get cut off to the essential team? So if you are the person who signed up for the service, Mm -hmm. as long as you've named trusted contacts on your Mm -hmm. careful account, they would be able, you know, they would still have access and be able to get their view-only access of documents in the vault, you know, view-only access to the accounts. Um, If you are the financial caregiver who's Mm -hmm. set up the service for the parents, you're going to have access. We are actually, um, we're always making updates to our service, and so we're actually in the process of kind of creating, um, like, triggering events that mm-hmm. users can choose when to give people access. And so one of those would be, and like I said, this is in the pipeline, but one of those would be if there is a death, you could send in the death certificate and it would okay. be verified and then you could have access to these things. And so, you know, maybe you're, you are the older adult who doesn't want your kids to have access right away, but you mm-hmm. can say, okay, I, my, you know, I'm going to choose, you know, death as a triggering event, or I'm going to choose, mm-hmm. you know, diagnosis of dementia or a healthcare emergency. And at that point, when there is that medical emergency, my trusted contacts can get access to this information. 
Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for that information. I want to pull Pam into the conversation here. Um, Pam, I'm wondering, you know, how careful is helping, you know, financial advisors protect their aging clients? Is that something that they're leveraging um, to help, you know, that their clients or vulnerable adults aren't getting exploited? Definitely. Um, Careful is a tool that trusted contacts have already existed for a long time. And securities regulators and in concert with um, organizations that are looking to protect older Americans from financial fraud or from, you know, financial exploitation are urging, and they always want you to have trusted contacts. Think of careful as being trusted contacts on steroids because it's an early smoke detector. Now, overlay that onto a financial advisor's role in your life or in your aging parent's life. Using this tool in conjunction with trusted contacts helps that advisor spot all kinds of irregularities that become red flags. And maybe with the advisor looking out, remember we mentioned earlier, you, you, you're talking about um, maybe you're assigning this role of care, financial caregiver to someone in the family. And then Cameron brought up the great point, what if that person doesn't really feel comfortable because they don't feel like they are you know, in, in that position to make those kinds of decisions? Well, this is where, you know, working in concert with an advisor, um, this is the advisor's job. This is the advisor's role. So let me take a step back for a second um, because the, the short answer to the question is careful makes the advisor's role just that much better and safer for, for really watching out for uh, situations specifically where there could be diminishing capacity of the client. Um, it might be that the advisors are the first ones to notice something that maybe that assigned person within the family would not have picked up as a red flag. So those are the kinds of patterns you're looking for if you have an advisor in your life or your parents have an advisor in their life. Now, let me take a step back because this is the important part. This is where I have to say we always think about financial advisors in one big lump, one big group, right, a big population. They're all just the same. They're not the same. Financial advisors fall into two distinct categories. They're either going to be part of the problem and part of the exploitation, or they're going to be the solution to the exploitation. And I'll explain by saying that there are a lot of advisors and, and uh, you know, representative sales, sales reps employed by brokerage firms and insurance companies and their number one job is to sell insurance or sell something. And they're in the role of advisor. Now, when you're younger and you can pick and choose and you can see that the, the person that you're talking to um, at the firm you know, might be educated and might have a lot of knowledge and you, and you can rely on them for certain things, you, you sort of are young, younger with a younger brain. You can kind of look and you can kind of take care of yourself and protect yourself from sales pitches versus real advice. But the majority of advisors who live and breathe and self-identify as advisors in the United States are sales reps. They work for a brokerage firm or insurance company. It doesn't make them bad people. It means that they are beholden to the company, not the client directly. They don't work for the client directly. Only 10% 
of financial advisors who exist in the United States are independent of sales. They're actual advisors, and they work directly for the clients. And those are the advisors compensated only by the clients to be their advocates. Now, those independent advisors, and remember there are fewer of them, are held to a higher standard called the fiduciary standard. Now, why does this matter? As you age, this distinction becomes very important. Your advisor is either legally held to the fiduciary standard or your advisor is not legally held. There's no in-between. It can't be an answer where the advisor says, oh, I really believe strongly in the fiduciary best practices. No, 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 no. You are either legally held to it or you're not. And if you are, and you're in that 10%, and you are, then you're talking about even within that fiduciary population of advisors, as you age and as your parents are aging, you've got to question, have I vetted this advisor lately? Even if you've already vetted the advisor 25 years ago, my mom and dad are working with an advisor for the past 25 years. They really like him. You need to go back and re-vet the advisor, because as you start to step into this phase where you are getting to be to the point where you think you want to have an advisor, because you are, your life savings is at risk and you want to do the right things and you're worried about cognitive impairment or you're worried about your parents, this vetting of advisors becomes important because remember, we're talking about a very small close circle of what trusted contact. Trusted is the key. So you can't let somebody into that trusted contacts circle. I'm reminds me of Robert De Niro in that movie. <laughs> Are you in the circle of trust? But the, but the reality is if you're not in that trusted contacts circle, as, you know, then, then you, you should not be granted access to anything. And not every advisor is out there looking out for your or your parents' best interest because many of them have their own interests. They have to sell something. So therefore, the selling comes ahead of the advice, and this is where on my Money Track series on TV, we had a lot of scam alerts that were featuring advisors who stepped over the line or accountants who stepped over the line. So just because there's a CBA attached to the person's name or they say they're an advisor, that it requires vetting. So that's what, that's what I put together with WealthRamp. It's a vetted network of 250 fiduciary advisors who I have hand-selected myself. And I've been in this business since I was 24, and I know the good, bad, and ugly. So I vetted these advisors, have them in a network. And when you have this kind of trusted contact, this kind of trusted advisor, now you can introduce careful and you can introduce them into the equation to protect your aging parents or protect yourself. But I'm telling you, as you age, who are you talking to about your parents' money or your own money becomes a huge piece of the puzzle of how to avoid getting taken advantage of. And I'm sorry to say it, but there are instances after instances where, I mean, I know it because I was there, where, where uh, someone who is, you know, slightly cognitively impaired walks into the local bank and their jumbo CD is now due. I mean, their certificate of deposit matures. They've got $100,000 sitting there. And the bank teller says, oh, 
you want to get a higher rate on your money, go to Johnny over there, sitting under that umbrella over there. He's, he's selling investments. What, do you, what happens? People wander over. They don't vet. They don't check. And wham, bam, the next thing they know, they've locked themselves into an investment that they can't get out of. Now, it might not be a scam, and it might not be Bernie Madoff fraud, but now your money is locked up, and you can't get it out because it's now in an annuity, and it's going to cost you $8,000 to take it out now because you made a mistake. So that's the kind of thing that I protect against with this advisor network is I am a jerk about advisors for a reason, and we have partnered with Careful because our advisors love having this early smoke detection system built right in to protect their clients. But again, it has to be the right advisor. Well, it's so true. And I mean, even when you get a, a reference from somebody else, you know, when I sold real estate, I'd see this all the time. And they're like, well, my Aunt Sally used them and they were great. Well, Aunt Sally's <laughs> needs are different than your needs. And you need to have someone who you feel comfortable communicating with as well as being someone who's transparent and working in your best interest and all of those things too. Um, people's goals are different. People's beliefs are, it's, it's amazing how people's beliefs are different and, and what risk means to them. And having someone who really understands all of that and is willing to talk about that instead of just dangling the carrot in front of somebody going, That's Oh yeah, right. but this this will make you more money, but they don't talk about yeah, the, telling, what, the what if or right, you know, telling telling you what you want to hear. And mm-hmm. you know what? I'll tell you something. Like this is this is this is really interesting. When it comes to referrals, when people get a referral from a friend, for an advisor, or a neighbor, what are you assuming when you're asking for that referral? I'm assuming that my neighbor or my friend did homework. I don't mm-hmm. want to do the homework, but she's smarter than me, or he's smarter than I am. So therefore, they did the homework, right? No, they didn't do the homework either. They probably got the name from somebody else or God knows where they got the name. But it's 2022, right? And here we are. And there's only three ways to find, until, I can, until, until WealthRamp really came along, there's only three ways to, to, to find an advisor. And it's pretty much the same as it was back in the 1990s. You either walk into a brokerage firm or insurance company and you get who you get and you, try to, you, you hope you're lucky. Or you ask a friend or a neighbor, like we just said, or you go online and you wind up in one of these lead generation machines where they ask you to put your phone number in. And, I mean, I ask people for, for their information so I can match them to the right advisor. But these are lead generators that take your information, turn around and sell it. They sell your name and your contact info immediately to different insurance agents and different who's, whoever wants to buy your name. And the phone starts ringing off the hook with solicitation. So on WealthRamp, we protect people by not sharing any of the information I collect with the advisors at all until it's the person who's the prospective client who is the one, the user who is the one who came to me, who has to be the one through a one-way mirror can, can contact the advisor. But the advisors can't even contact. I don't share the information with anybody. So that right there is the first line of protection. And you can probably tell I'm pretty passionate about this. And I'm so excited about Cameron and about working with this amazing tool because it really is. It's so simple to use with the vault. And our advisors are loving working um, with Careful 
So, so consumers can either work with Careful directly, or if you have an advisor, you definitely want the advisor to know about Careful. Yeah, which is really nice. And and one of the things that I like, you know, with Careful too, is that the whole family can utilize this. I know, like when. My folks, when we were trying to get them to do their will, um, you know, they were blue-collar workers. My dad's like, ah, we don't really have that much. And I'm like, Dad, you have more than you think you do. And the only yeah. way we could get them to sit down with an attorney was for my husband and I to sit down and go, you know what, we're going to do ours too. Because now it wasn't an end-of-life thing. It's, this is really about smart living and um, protecting yourself. You know, we're, we're all so vulnerable these days. And I, I loved how you talked about um, WealthRamp, you know, not sharing that information. That's what we do with Dementia Map, too. We don't collect any information because our goal isn't to get people bombarded and more confused. We want to slow down the process and let them see big picture what's Precisely. available to them and, and do that in a comfortable setting for them. And, you know, um, the Google gods won't like me saying this, but um, too bad. It, you know, we have we have gotten to a place where we've gotten so used to, you know, giving out all of our information, and then we wonder why we're hacked, why we're spammed, why we're scammed, all of those things. And it's like it was set up for us, you know, for that to happen. And now people are kind of looking back and going, Gosh, I, I really didn't know that was what was happening. When you were talking about, um, you know, people grabbing this information and then selling it, uh, people don't think that's what they're doing at all. You know, they think that they're exactly uh, what they're doing. That's how they make a lot of money, just by getting your information and under the auspices of we're going to help you find an advisor. Now, WealthRamp, my site, we all – I match you to an advisor, but like I said, we don't share it. But every other website out there online, be careful, because mm-hmm. they will take your info and they will share it and they do sell it. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, and you know, what, what, and, and Cameron was so really um, difficult about this is that the crossing of the line, okay, where does the line get crossed with these advisors that you trust and, and that you think you could trust? And it's like it's little slippages. It's a slippery slope. And, and a lot of times it's sloppy, it's just, it's overcharging. It's, they start to see that the client um, uh, is not as sharp and con- they're forgetting conversations. They are forgetting important financial details. And they're, they're not setting out with evil intentions. But I managed, back when I was in my 20s, and I managed brokers, Thought left and right. It was judgment. It was errors and judgment because they needed to make a sale. And damn it, they were going to make that sale. And it's not going to hurt that person, so I'm going to do it. And the older they were, the easier it is to make the sale. And that's the slippery slope. And that's why I say it's critical that you stop and you say, is the advisor part of the problem? Or is the advisor truly a fiduciary protecting my parents or protecting mm-hmm. me? Yeah. Well, in that, you know, those chasing those quotas and, you know, companies aren't what they used to be. And I'm not talking just financial. I'm just talking about corporations in general. I mean, there used to be kind of a a more ethical family approach, you know, comfort level. And it seems like everything is bottom line. And there's, you know, there really isn't anything out there other than that. 
They don't want to look at, oh, there's a need over here. How do we serve that? They just want to keep doing what they've always done. And to me, that's really holding us back, and it can be really abusive in its own right um, by by not – and these can be some big companies, again, in all different types of industries that we've always honored, but things have shifted in terms of what their core values are. Their mission statement might still be the same, but are they walking their talk? And uh, I, I, I love that you have personally vetted these and that you really see from the inside out how this works, you know, with, within advisors, within companies themselves, yeah. um, you know, yeah. the strategy. We have, 200, yeah, we have 250 different advisors that help different types of people with different specializations across the country. I have hand-selected and vetted every single one of them for a reason. I'm paranoid. I mm-hmm. can't afford to have an advisor associated with my name when I'm out there in the media and I'm out there educating and I'm working in partnership with, you know, regulators to educate the public about, um, you know, these issues of, you know, elder fraud and abuse, financial fraud and abuse, and, and not make sure that, you know, I have personally gotten to know and vetted every advisor. And that's how important it is. So when somebody goes to your site, WealthRAM, and, you know, they want some help finding a good financial advisor that's going to be a good mix for them, do they fill out a form? Do they talk with somebody? How, how does that process work? Both. It, it is a little bit like a dating site in that you flow through my questions because I need to ask you questions. You know, do you have a child on the autism spectrum? You know, is someone <laughs> in your family, do you have special needs? Um, you know, do you, do you care about socially responsible investing? Do you prefer a male or a female? Do you want an advisor who's local or do you want to work, you know, virtually? Um, so we want to give all of these different considerations. What are your priorities? It, tax focused planning, it, you know, all estate planning, etc. So by the time you flow through, it takes about a minute and a half. And by the mm-hmm. time you flow through that survey and answer those questions, then I'm going to generate three advisors, never more than three. And you're going to look at each one, and their SEC records are going to be right there. And every single one of them is a fee only. They work only for their clients. They don't accept compensation from any products. They won't, they won't accept it. They don't accept it. They don't sell anything. Um, and they're established. They've got the experience and the credentials and the education. And they're humble, and they collaborate with their clients beautifully. That's part of the vetting to make sure that so, so, so many of our advisors are, are working with the whole family. They're holistic. So the adult children know the advisor already. So that's the kind of relationship that can really help enhance um, working with careful or working to protect. That's where the advisor's part, the, the solution and part of the solution and reduces stress. That's an example how, how things go right. So what happens when you see the three advisors, though, when you're matched? It's up to you. Remember, it's a one-way mirror. You can see the advisors. They can't see you. So you mm-hmm. can click right there, schedule a phone call with, with, the, with me, the advisor. You can contact Pam. You can write a note in the chat box. You don't have to do anything at all. Mm-hmm. So it's completely up to you when you come through and you're looking for an advisor. It's totally up to you. To, to take whatever action you want, but nobody 
no, no advisors even know you exist. Nothing gets shared. See, and, and I love that because, uh, and I had mentioned this offline, but I'll mention it to our, our audience. I've done some training for financial advisors, and it was really interesting because there was a really two sets out there and the line was was thick and separated the two one uh one set really wanted to help support the family through and through and and do what was best for them and the other one was like i'll help them with this i will help them only with this i am not a counselor don't look for compassion don't look for empathy don't look for additional services or, or referrals or whatever I am just me. I am not a counselor. And and it was so blatant. And I think when you are in this situation, anyways, for me, I wanted that other one. I wanted the the other one that saw the whole picture of what the needs were. You and can't settle. You cannot settle for less. And as you get older, this is when the eyes start to open up and people really get it and they really see it for the first time. You, you can't settle for less. So when people come to me and ask me questions, you know, and they'll say, Pam, I, I, I want to take my time. And I give them questions that I want them to use to interview each advisor. And I always tell people the same thing. Take a deep breath. Slow down now. You can slow down. This is mm-hmm. a very thoughtful decision. You take your time when you're choosing an advisor who's going to enter into your life. Because if you do it right, this advisor is a game changer, and the fee will pay for itself. Mm-hmm. And, and if you do it thought, without thought, you do it out of fear, or you just get a name, um, you know, it, it, all kinds of things. Not, you might not even be harmed, but mm-hmm. you probably won't be helped. And I, mm-hmm. and I want you to be helped. If you're going to have an advisor and you're going to pay a fee, they need to help you. Yep, exactly. So let me ask you this, and then I want to um, flip back over to Cameron. But, uh, Pam, while I've got you um, on the line right now, is there a fee for, you know, for people to use um, WealthRamp, and how does that work? Now, I wanted to try to align the stakeholders' interests when I created WealthRamp, and I don't want the clients to have to pay. I think the advisors really should pay me. I bet them. I take the time to get to know them. I expect a referral fee mm-hmm. for making, not making the introduction, but after the client has been, after someone signs on and, and hires the advisor, I generally collect the referral fee three months. It takes about three mm-hmm. months because I want to make sure the relationship is settled. A, I don't want to have to give back a referral fee in case it wouldn't be, um, but also because I want to make sure that you know, I really want to make sure the client is really settled in. But I'll tell you something really ironic here. I can't audit the advisor's accounts with their clients, so I can't really know for sure mm-hmm. whether I'm getting paid the right referral fee. So mm-hmm. I'm on the honor system. The advisor's mm-hmm. integrity has to extend to me too. They have to self-report, and they're on the honor system to pay me the referral fee. And mm-hmm. it works. Because they yep. want to stay on my platform, so they do self-report and they do pay me. But see, this would never work with advisors who were not as ethical. Because yep. I would cheat left and right, and I would bounce them off the platform anyway. But you know, this is where the integrity comes in. So that's how I yep. get paid. 
Okay. Okay. Great. Um, Cameron, how about you with Careful? Uh, what is the cost to a family to, to sign up for Careful? So as Pam mentioned, we have a direct-to-customer version. And so mm-hmm. you can sign up, or if you're want to, if you a caregiver and you're signing up for your parent, it's $16.66 a month if you opt for the pay annually option. If you want to just pay month by month, then um, you actually pay a little bit more. It's $24.99, so you get a discount if you sign up for the annual option. Um, and then if you are working with a financial advisor who uses our careful pro service, then typically advisors will just, you know, bundle that in as part of the services that they offer and their clients aren't paying anything extra for it. Um, and I wanted to add something too um, about advisors. If you if you have a parent who is already working with an advisor and you after listening to Pam talk about how to choose the right advisor for you and you're wondering, hey, is, is my parent working with someone who is really looking out for their best interest? I would encourage you to ask your parents if perhaps you could go to a meeting with them and their advisor. Mm-hmm. And, and you, can, you can couch it this way, just say, hey, I'm looking for an advisor for myself. Can I come with you to one of your meetings just to see what your sure. advisor is like? Yeah. To get a sense of what that person is like and whether they're really looking out for your parents' best interests. And if you get a bad feeling, then you have a conversation with your parents and say, you know, mm, I don't know. That, that guy didn't seem like, you know, he was really on the up and up, you know, and I've, I've been, you know, reading some articles or listening to a podcast about, you know, how to choose a financial advisor. And um, I don't know, maybe it's time to think about switching to someone else. And so, you know, look out for your parents. Make sure they're, they're, their advisor is really looking out for them. And, of course, you know, if you were trying to choose someone, follow Pam's advice and, and look for that the only fiduciary planner. Yeah, that's, that's, a, really, that's, a, that's a great tip. Yeah, I just wanted to tack on one last thing that just kind of riding off of what you just said. Look, if you remember nothing else about advisors at all, remember this. You want to ask the one question that's the most important at the top of it, at the very beginning. Are you legally held? to the fiduciary standard 100% of the time. Now, I know that sounds like it's phrased in a very specific way. It is for a reason, because there's a thousand loopholes. Are you legally a fiduciary 100% of the time and legally? And by the way, put that in writing. Watch how many won't be able to put it in writing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And again, for those of you that don't know what fiduciary is, it just means working on your behalf. You know, they have to have their, your interest um, in front of theirs, for sure. And that is that is really, really important. Um, because we all assume that that happens. And uh, the same thing happens in real estate and many, many other um, industries as well. So I think that that's uh, a good advice to Write it down and have them sign it so you, you've got something um, that you really feel confident in, for sure. Well, ladies, what have we missed? We've got about five minutes left. What haven't we covered that uh, we need to talk about? Anything? Well, we've covered a lot. <laughs> um, but I would certainly say, you know, if you if you take anything away from this, hopefully you take a lot away from this, but... If you are caring for an aging parent, and if that parent has dementia, you or 
another family member, someone your parent trusts, needs to be a second set of eyes on their finances. And if you or your parent is working with a financial advisor, that person has to have you or your parent's best interest, you know, at the forefront and not theirs. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, the only thing that I that I would add there is it, it's a very end that last piece of advice is we've been talking about the scary, you know, don't do this, don't do that, watch out for this, watch out for that. I would say that honestly, uh, when there when you do find the right advisor and it is the right fit, it can reduce stress in the family because you have those fresh eyes, you have someone you can turn to and collaborate with, and really know that you can talk about, you know, all the awkward, difficult family money conversations. And that's why having the right advisor can be a game changer in the best possible way. Very true. Very true. Well, ladies, I can't thank you enough for your time today. This has been a wonderful conversation. And, um, you know, I really urge people to go to your website to contact you. Uh, Careful, you can go to... um, www.getcareful.com. That's getcareful.com. They're also on Instagram and Twitter as Get Careful. And then for WealthRamp, you can get a hold of Pam by visiting her site at uh, www.wealthramp.com. Nice and easy, and there's contacts available um, on their site, and you'll be able to find pricing and much, much more information. And in wrapping up, I just want to say, you know, please pass this episode along. This was really a powerful conversation, and it can decrease people's stress levels and avoid so many difficult situations um, that you just don't have to go through um, when you tap into great professional services that see the need, they understand it, and they're here to support you. So, again, uh, check out Careful at uh, getcareful.com and WealthRamp at wealthramp.com. Have a blessed week, everyone. We will be talking to you again on Thursday where we're going to have a wife talk about her husband who is living with frontal temporal behavioral variant. So take care, and we'll talk soon. Bye now.